Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Air It Out Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan the Goose Goscar, here with you as always. And if you keep it track at home, episode 72 already. It's still in the offensive line numbers for another couple weeks. Uh, and then, unfortunately, we start to move towards people uh, that are rushing the passer and tight ends and all this other stuff. Wide receivers. Wide receivers a little bit. Uh, I'll take Ed Too Tall Jones in this episode because why? Well, the man was too tall. So that uh, is just about enough reasoning for me. I've got my co-host, Joel Ambayoko, with me in the studio. Joel, what up, dude? What's going on, my brother? I'm going to have to go with OCU Minora. Obviously, one of us had to take him. Um, Giants legend, war number 72, two-time Super Bowl champion, efficient at the pass rush, set a single-season record, I believe, or a single-game record. For most sacks in a game with six? Was that six against oh, Donovan yeah. McNabb and the Eagles yeah, on Sunday Night Football place, back in, uh, was that 06 or 07? It may have been 08. Showing our age right here. Yeah, God, oh, God. Oh, wait, no, years ago. But, yeah, that was the game, OC legend, number 72. Absolutely. And, Jolan, it's good to be back here with you. I just want everybody to know, Jolan called that two weeks in advance. He called uh, have an OC for this episode. Uh, Jolan, we've talked about it. We're going to get some more people in the booth here. Uh, you and I, this is our episode 72. Episode 73 will be right before Thanksgiving. It'll be a Turkey Day special. Uh, well, we'll record it before Turkey Day so we can enjoy uh, the actual Turkey Day. But uh, it'll be you and me and Eric Moeller will be on the on the pod, and we're going to have a lot of fun. But, Jolan, we've got a lot to get into today. So without further ado, well, let's get to it. We'll start in the hockey world, Jolan. We don't often start in hockey. But Never. when your team wins 12 in a row... You kind of got to start talking about them. And that's the New Jersey Devils. They've won 12 in a row. They've been unbelievable. Uh, Nico Heischer's been arguably the best two-way player in hockey right now. Obviously a long way to go in the season. Jack Hughes has been unbelievable. Jack. Jesper Bratt. By the way, if you're not following the Bratt Pack on Twitter, you probably should be. Um, And Jesper Bratt, Joan, just for people at home, if if you like comparisons like I do, He's he's kind of gone the Aaron Judge route in terms of I'm gonna he turned down an eight year deal, which is massive. Which is massive in hockey. That's that's the 12, 13 year deal that's in baseball. The holy grail. That's the holy grail. He turned that down, signed a one year deal, and Joan he's been great. The team has been great. Uh, they've been getting some solid goaltending. They're gonna get Mackenzie Blackwood back in a couple weeks. Andre Palat, who they signed from Tampa, who's got that cup experience. He'll be back in a couple months, unfortunately. Uh, and then later in the season, you have Luke Hughes, uh, the brother of Jack Hughes, who they're saying is the best of the Hughes bunch. Uh, so high praise there. And so some reinforcements coming for the Devils. But unbelievable job, Joel, on 12 straight wins. you got to love it. It's 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 fun to watch. And, yeah, and the rest of uh, the hockey in the New York area, the Islanders and Rangers, not so hot. Islanders, obviously, 11 wins right now. Seven losses in the yeah, Rangers, it's, it's eight, six, start. and four. But they've they've lost some games that look bad. They lost some games late. So the Rangers, they figure it out. They'll come up with some wins. They're gonna have to figure it out. But uh, Joel, I would even if you're not necessarily the biggest hockey fan, I'd say just go watch the Devils. Just watch oh, yeah. how they play hockey. It's very it's a very fast, up tempo way of playing the game. Miles away of where they were playing hockey two, even three years ago. It's a it's a whole new regime. Oh, it's been a disaster. It's been a disaster. You could go to Prudential Center for ten bucks, and you might you might you could probably sit on the bench. I mean, that's how bad they were. Like that's how you know cheap tickets got. But they've done an unbelievable job, Joel, on kind of turning this thing around and uh, and finding ways to get it done. I mean, yeah, and hockey is not too relevant over here. But when teams are winning, we do recognize, we do give them their congratulations. So Devils keep it up. 
Absolutely. What we got next on the docket? Uh, we're coming into the sports world, Major League Baseball world. Judge wins the MVP, but it's not unanimous. What's going on there? Yeah, Judge, he got 28 of the 30 first-place votes. Shocker, the two non-first-place votes uh, came from writers in Los Angeles, uh, right next to Shohei Otani's world. So wah, wah, wah. I just, Jolan, I don't know how you watch baseball this year and go, this guy isn't the unanimous MVP. And that's coming from a Met fan, right? I mean, he, he was that team. When they were slumping, right, he was their team. When you open the box score, if Aaron Judge had a little one, two, or three next to the hits column, the Yankees generally won. If there was a zero in that column, they didn't have a prayer. That's the definition of value. He was unbelievable all year. I, I don't understand how it couldn't be unanimous. And after the All-Star break, he was the only reason they found any sort of su- success yep. on the back half. So without them, they're probably a 70-win club. They don't even see the ALDS. And I guess I it's guess Otani will always get votes because he does pitch as well. It, it's, it's something we haven't seen. But at the end of the day, his team stinks. If they're good, Joels, I could, I could you know, if they were... A two seed, a if three they, seed. If they found a way to make the playoffs this year, I'd say okay. I think maybe the first, maybe the first place votes are more split. You know, maybe maybe we see closer to a full split than we do unanimous. But I mean, the way their teams perform too, you have to factor that in a little bit. It sh- it should have been unanimous. Aaron well, Judge was the MVP all year. Judge isn't going to set records every year. Otani will be pitching and hitting for the most part in for the next couple of years. So I think Otani is going to see some MVPs. I think Judge earned this one this year. Well, I heard somebody somebody was talking about, you know, Otani. Like, people are kind of tired of Otani already. Just in, in like, you know, once you Being vote for him, you're always going to have to vote for him. You know, which, you know, again, you walk yourself into a corner and people are going to get fatigued of it. But, I mean, you know, if you bring up guys that have been fatigued from the MVP conversation, Jolan, people often go to Jordan and LeBron and those guys. Those guys won a bunch of them before everybody got fatigued. Otani hasn't even won one. Everybody's fatigued of him already. Or did he win one in twenty twenty one? Uh, he might have. Was he the twenty twenty one MVP? So I he's won. He's won one, and now all of a sudden everybody's fatigued of this guy already. It just doesn't seem like, in my opinion, it doesn't seem fair. You know, I think this guy. I think his his MVP status, Joel, should be much more tied to the team success necessarily than like an Aaron Judge, who you can sit there and say, well, Aaron Judge doesn't pitch. If the Yankees are giving up eight runs a game. You know, what What do you want him to do? But Otani, being a pitcher on that staff, I think, you know, it raises the expectation. You almost feel like Otani has that little Lamar Jackson treatment. They gave him the MVP because of the dual threat ability, and then they got tired of voting for him when he could win it every year. Which is ridiculous. Like, it happened to LeBron. He it happened to LeBron. One, he got one MVP. LeBron could have won 14 of them, literally. LeBron got four before they started getting tired of him. This guy's got one. Like, it, it just, to me, seems it seems ridiculous. And you might say it's voter fatigue this year. Who knows? They might throw, we'll in, throw in the hat for yep. next year. But Judge had a historical year. I just don't think you can combat that with no. just pitching and hitting. And that's why I thought it should have been unanimous. I think just, just what Judge did this year all around, uh, you just mad respect, right? It's it's the it's the uh, the Derek Jeter gif, you know, where you tip the hat and, you, and it says respect. Tip of the hat's the perfect way to go about this next segue because the Mets and Yankees have tipped their hats to one another. Oh, boy. And they've agreed to, or the Mets have agreed to not go after Aaron Judge. What do you think's going on here? Do you think this is a collusion? Will teams be fine? Will teams lose picks? Yeah, by the way, this is a great job by the beat reporters for SNY that reported this. So good job getting both teams clearly in the in the tampering investigation. 
Do you think it's fair to the MLB MLBPA for the Mets not to pursue with all this money too? I mean, listen, I I think I don't know. This stuff happens behind closed doors. Joel, this stuff happens indirectly. This happens without words having to be spoken. I, I just, to me, this is nothing. Um, the, we've seen, we've seen for whatever reason, baseball has, you know, gone after Steve Cohen. Ever remember there was even the thing when he agreed to buy the team that They're they were worried down. that they weren't going to have enough voters to actually allow him to buy the team, and then you have. The Steve Cohen tax threshold at three hundred million that got introduced last year because he was saying I'm just going to spend bizarro money. It, it, it's at a point, Joel. I don't know what's true. I don't know. I, like I haven't read the story enough um, because I just don't care. Like I don't think it means. I don't think it means enough. I don't think the Mets were getting Aaron Judge to begin with. So it's, for me, it doesn't matter too much. Doesn't this bother you though? Like as a Mets fan, we have all this money. We have a new regime. We need one big bat, and we're not going after the one big bat available. This bothers me a bit, I yeah, will say. But, it, you know, again, if you're going to be... So, Jolan, but this is the thing. If you're going to be stingy about one guy's injury history, you have to be stingy about another guy's injury history. Before this past season, when Aaron Judge set all the records, do you remember what we were saying about him? He's guaranteed one to two IL stints a year. Guaranteed. And they were likely to come at bad times of the season. So you can't be stingy about Jacob DeGrom's health and, well, we're not going to offer him X amount of dollars because we're worried about his health and sit there and say you're not worried about Judge's health if you're going to give him an eight-year deal it's going to take him to year 40 or year 38, you know? So so that's why the reason the, the Mets would be out on Judge. Yeah, I just I don't think the Mets want to go that deep with that big of a contract. Again, you saw what happened. And, again, I'm not saying Judge is the same player as Lindor is. Obviously, he's played in New York already. But, I mean, you saw what happened, and you see how these guys get jumped on the minute they put on that uniform. I think I think Judge, you know, listen, I I don't want to say he's given the Mets indication that he doesn't want to go there, but I'm sure it's kind of mutual, I think, at this point. Like, hey, like kind of like if I'm going to stay in New York, you know, I'm going to stay in the Bronx, really not come over to Queens. So, And if you're the Mets, why would you waste time and assets to go to, to try and go after that? So the Dodgers recently had cut Cody Bellinger and a yep. couple other prominent names. They freed up $100 million in cap space. They said publicly they're on a pursuit for Aaron Judge. Does this worry you if you were a Yankees fan? And what are the Dodgers doing? Oh, it would because the Dodgers just always find ways to get things done. And can, can we not forget, is our buddy Zach Kroc brought this up to me, Cody Bellinger was an MVP three years ago. Oh, yeah. Or an MVP. His market's not dead, but his he, time in L.A. 20, is done. He's 26 years old. Like, this, this guy is by no stretch, like, just like, oh, they just got rid of him because he's been in the league for 19 years. He's a good player. And, you know, again, I think he can find a little bit better. He's going to hit better. Um, but, yeah, Joel, anytime the Dodgers have money, you got to be very suspicious if you're anybody, let alone the New York teams, uh, because they've had talks about going after DeGrom as well. And you can imagine what New York's sentiment would be if he steals DeGrom from Queens and Judge from the Bronx. I mean, that is... West versus East Coast immediately. You've got $100 million to go out and spend, plus you already have that roster. And who knows if they're bringing Trey Turner. I mean, dude, this team... The Dodgers just... They're they're a well-run organization with a lot of money, man. So they know how to spend it. They know where they're going to spend it. So They know how to make it, too, because they keep coming back. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, Aaron Judge is 100% going to the Dodgers. Would it worry me as a Yankee fan, like your question stated? 100%. And obviously when Molson... Uh, on episode 73, we'll get his take on that. But, I mean, I I would be. 
I would be concerned. You know, I'm at, I'm I'm concerned anytime the Dodgers say they're interested in somebody. What do you think about the Grom to the Texans or the Texas Rangers? Rather, is there any momentum there? Might as well go play for the Texans. They kind of need help in just about every department. They do need an arm. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, no, I mean, listen, if he wants to go play in Texas, Joan, be my guest. Like it, it clearly. If and we were talking about the no state income tax thing. Listen, if that was a if that like was a a door a, um, a deal breaker, I we would see other guys. Nobody's really gone to Texas. If listen, if Degrom just wants to go there, I've said this from the beginning, Joel. My belief on Jacob Degrom is if he doesn't want to play in New York, he will go to Texas or Atlanta or L.A. or wherever. If it's about money, he's staying home because I don't. I do not see Uncle Stevie getting outbid on this. I really don't, despite any reports that come out otherwise. Now, for a man who has already made a ton of money in Jacob yep. Degrom. It might not be money. It might be he wants to see greener pastures in Texas. You but know why saying? would he opt out of his contract? He still had two years left in his deal, and he opted out. Yeah. You know, I think I think he does want to get paid. And, Joe, I'm with it, man. Like, this guy, his surgeon came out this week and said he is at no greater risk of injury than anybody else his, at, at any other normal pitcher at his age, which should clear a lot of the medical questions out of the water. Okay? And, I, listen, Joel, this guy... Last year, when people kill him, right, it's about the game-tying home run to Swanson that he let in his first home start back. It's the three-run game-tying homer to O'Neill Cruz that he let up. It's about these little things, Sholan. There's a lot of good stuff. He's got a full – this is going to be his first full offseason in three years, right, when you factor in the pandemic and the injuries and everything. And he's his not first, rehabbing over half his, of it. Right, yep. his first full regular offseason in three years. You're going to tell me Jacob DeGrom in a full offseason can't figure out how to pitch in the sixth inning? Out of a jam? Come on. Like, I, that would be a full discredit to him. And I think he's... Don't listen, like, when he's rolling, he's the best pitcher in baseball. We know this. And I just... I can't fathom letting that go. I can't. I'll take I'll take the risk. It's not my money. I'm not paying him. But I'll take the risk on the, on trying to sign him back. What's the drop-off if we do lose the ground? It's huge. It's huge. You lose a... I mean, think about it, Jolan. I think any 101 year, wins, wild card. Yeah, and again, listen, I know they were better last year without him than in previous years when they literally fell off a cliff when he didn't pitch. But, I mean, Joel, you can't. That guy's a walking Cy Young. If he's healthy, he's a walking Cy Young candidate. And, you know, again, I think if you extrapolated his year this year over the course of the entire year, he's probably top five in, in, in the Cy Young. So... You know, to lose a guy like that is huge, is massive. And if you don't, like, okay, if you're going to replace him with Aaron Judge, it's a different conversation, but you're not going to. We've had this. Verlander. We literally just had this talk. But, again, Verlander's 40. Scherzer's 39. He's going to be 39 next season. The one-year window. I mean, you bank on those guys, Jolan. It's hard to ask. And let's not forget, can we not not have short-term memory loss? Jacob Degrom was the pitcher that showed up against San Diego. I, I he didn't he was not great against Atlanta. He he was the guy against San Diego. He pitched well. I mean Max Scherzer and Chris Bassett maybe pitched their way out of or Bassett maybe pitched his way out of New York with his start. And everybody's doubting Scherzer for the rest of his life with the way he pitched. Degrom was the best pitcher against San Diego in that series. So you know let's not be prisoner of the moments here. Like let's remember what this guy has done. And, Joel, I think it's an opportunity for you and I to really, like, yeah, like, David Wright was a career Met as we were growing up. But I think 
when he first started in his peak years, we were little kids. Super little. Like, I don't think we, like, really understood the magnitude. The Grom, if he finished his career with the Mets, we could see the 48 go on the rafters. Oh, yeah. And, and he was around in a time, Jolan, where we're old enough to know and talk about it. We talk about 2015 no all the time. Yep. And his, D, his um, Game 5 DS performance when he didn't have his best stuff. His Rookie of the Year performance. His Rookie of the Year performance. The back-to-back Cy Youngs. The... The, and what what Long a chapter, hair to short hair. what a chapter this could be, right? If he comes back, it's a four year deal, returns to form. Oh, he missed you know a, a year, basically in the middle. You know he had these injuries. America loves a great comeback story, so he can do that here in New York, Joel's. And I think that's that to me is is why I want him back. And I think for both sides, it just makes a lot of sense. He's good. He's not pitching for the playoffs in Texas. He's not. If he wants to just pitch for the regular season, be my guest. Go ahead, go to Texas. But you want to pitch in the postseason, you come to New York, and you're going to get an opportunity, you know? And so, Jake, come back, brother, please. We need you. Uh, moving forward, you had said that we, you had some college football you want to talk about, college basketball ramping up too. Yeah, college football is getting interesting, man, right? We're starting to get down here to the conference championship games uh, in two weeks. We've got Michigan-Ohio State next weekend. Uh, just a lot of fun times, Joe, on and – with Bama seemingly out of this thing, life seems to get a little bit better. Seems a little bit fresh, the college football yeah. playoff this year. You As know? Uh, LSU took down Bama a couple weeks ago, um, you got Tennessee's up there with one loss. Their only loss is to Georgia on the road. I mean, w- what better loss could you possibly have? You've got Michigan-Ohio State's undefeated. They're going to play each other in, in, um, in Columbus. That game's going to be unbelievable. Massive well, Mich- implications. Mi- Michigan's down... In their game against Illinois, they lost their uh, top two running backs. Yeah. So we'll have to see if they're going to be able to play in this Ohio State-Michigan game. And, you know, Georgia just looks like they're going to skate and uh, should take down LSU in the SEC title game. I feel like that's pretty fair to say they should win that game. You've got TCU, Joe, on who is just allergic, allergic to winning big. Uh, So they're going to win everything close. They did it against Baylor. They ran their field goal team on the field with 17 seconds left uh, and rolling uh, to, to take that win on the road at Baylor. Uh, it's just a fun time for college football, and it's unfortunate because it's kind of coming to an end, which is so sad. You spend all the all the year getting excited for it and amped up for it, uh, and then it comes and goes, and it's just as easy as that. We've got state title games in, in New Jersey, Joe on. It's, it, it's nuts. It's kind of crazy. This year, a little bit different. None of the public schools are going to MetLife. Um, they're playing down to a true group champion. So they will face... So, like, the North North 1 plays North 2 in a what is called a regional game. Um, and that winner will face the winner of Central versus South within the group. Uh, and they'll play down at Rutgers, I believe... Uh, right after Thanksgiving, so I and then the the non-publics Bergen and Bosco are going to go to MetLife. Uh, Joel on that storied rivalry in the state of New Jersey, we know uh, for eons that that <laughs> that story is always being written. A lot Bosco, of NFL talent came out of that rivalry. Yep, Bosco beat Bergen earlier this year. Uh, yeah, Bosco beat Bergen, uh, so it's a rematch, and we'll we'll see how that goes. College basketball, you mentioned it, just starting to get going. We had the aircraft carrier game. Uh, which is always fun. And, uh, Joe, I, I like it because there's some big matchups in college basketball early on. Like, these guys schedule tough out-of-conference games, um, and it's a lot of fun to watch. I'm, I'm excited. I'm super excited for college basketball coming up. I'm a Duke fan, so first year without Coach K. It's 
going to be See big. how that goes. They still have, like, the top nine recruits in the country. So. They just lose to Kansas? They did lose to Kansas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Kansas. Rocky. Dude, Kansas is a walking win. Like, yeah. they, they just always, they won the national title last year, and they just find ways to win, man. And Bill Self is out four games, I believe, uh, is his suspension for self-imposed violations. But we can get into more of that at a later point. But, uh, Joel, I believe we are going to dip our toes. Oh, by the way, big, just random fact here. Big here we go. Te- big tennis news. Uh, Novak Djokovic. Tennis news. Went to the Australian Open. If people remember this story, he went to the Australian Open last year, was not vaccinated, got banned from the country. From what I understand, he had a three-year ban. He was not allowed anywhere within the country of Australia. That has been revoked, um, I've been told, so he is allowed yeah. in the 2023 Australian Open, and uh, he will be there for that major so uh, just for you tennis fans out there, and then Joel, we've got the World Cup coming up. The United States, Christian Pulisic. Uh, it, it, what what more could you ask for? And Joel, we talked about this prior to the show. Qatar making the move of a lifetime. So Joel, I like to say everything. What goes around comes around, right? And in life, it, it's funny when it when it comes around. Well, unless you're standing there, when it comes around, it typically hits you in the back of the head. And kicks you over. Well, there's a new documentary on Netflix about the FIFA scandal back in 2015 that gave Qatar this World Cup. Funny enough, right? And, um, well, Qatar, you know, Qatar's doing great, right? They're killing people to make these stadiums. They're putting people up in cardboard boxes who are staying there for it. Wonder, clearly a wonderful place. They had to delay the World Cup four months because it's 120 degrees in the summertime. So they have to play this in November. And John, we get to two days away from kickoff, and Qatar says no alcohol and no no beer, no sales of any kind are to happen at the World Cup. Now you're going to say why? Why is this a big deal? Well, first of all, who doesn't like a good beer? Enjoying the game. The soccer fans are crazy, man. They're and I mean crazy in a very good way. They're very passionate people. Oh yeah. And I love it. I love watching them. But John, the 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 bad part for FIFA is, well, they had a $75 million deal with Budweiser. They had a $100 million deal with Bush. So you can imagine when it's not paid now, um, could you imagine the legal fees that are going to come up with this? They, they're in some serious legal trouble here. And again, this is what you get when you trust a country like Qatar. I, like, I don't know what other way to say it. Like, the what goes around comes around. You shouldn't have given them this World Cup in the first place, and here we are. I mean, Nonetheless, Joels, I believe the United States going into this tournament was plus 10000 to win it. So, drop 10 bucks. You don't know what you did with your last 10 and you can win $10,000. Yeah, well, here it is. I mean, 2 o'clock Monday sets the stage. We play, I believe, Wales. Is it 2 o'clock Wales? or is it noon? It's 2 o'clock, 2 p.m. Okay, Eastern 2 p.m. Standard. So, Means I gotta get be out of work in time. Yep, it's all over. It's, I mean, it's every time around the world. Midnight. Oh boy. Tokyo. Yep. Yeah, it's all that whole thing. So they'll play Wales in that first game, I believe, on Black Friday. They will play England. Yep, and that's just the first week up, and then we'll get more yep. into a Wednesday. Yep, and as, then and then they'll play Iran to finish out the group stage. Um, but yeah, Jules, it should be a fun World Cup. You got a lot of storylines. Ronaldo's last World Cup, probably Messi's last. I would I would guarantee Messi's last World Cup. Brazil's the heavy favorite. Germany's always there. France with Mbappe and Benzema. There's a lot to talk about, and we will talk about it at a different time. 
But I know we've got the NFL to talk about. And yeah, um, starting the NFL Week 11, Thursday night game, 29-19, Tennessee Titans beat the Packers. Aaron Rodgers obviously struggling. Um, what do you think of it? What's your takeaway from that game? Yeah, so obviously we didn't get to pick this game uh, based on when this was recorded, but uh, Aaron Rodgers looks disinterested, Jules. I'm not going to lie to you. He's missing wide-open targets. He's not playing the clean game we expect him to. Um, and, and, you know, he had the big win over the Cowboys just a week ago, just four days ago or whatever, you know, and I loved him for that. I appreciate that. Anytime anybody beats Dallas, I love you. Um, I don't know if we could say that about Kirk Cousins this coming weekend. I don't We'll get into that at a different point. You like that? Yeah, no, I don't like that. But um, nonetheless, Aaron Rodgers just kind of, you know, what's going on, man? Like, you, you're the leader on this team, and nobody knows what's going on with you. Uh, Christian Watson, though, my preseason rookie of the year. My, oh, my. Uh, has finally, he's finally starting to look like the guy I predicted to be uh, rookie of the year, Joe. He's got four touchdowns in his last, no, five touchdowns. Five. In his last two games, including that Titans game. Now leads rookie receivers in touchdowns. Yeah, he's starting to he's starting to get some confidence, right? Had some drops issues earlier in the year. Starting to get some confidence now. But, Jolan, I think I think that loss sealed Green Bay's fate for this season. They are not a playoff team. We move forward to the 1 o'clock window Sunday. Carolina Panthers are at the Baltimore Ravens. The spread is 13. Ravens are favorites at home. What do you think? That is a massive spread. Oh, yeah. That is a college-like spread. I like Carolina to cover, uh, but I like Baltimore to win this thing. First of all, I need Lamar to go off. Like, half my team's on bye, including my best players. So, I need Lamar to kind of pop off for 50. Um, so, I, I like Baltimore, Chills. Coming off a bye, I think they're well-rested. I think that run game, eight straight games with 150 yards, I believe, is their stat. That's ridiculous. That's really that's, impressive. That's, that's really, really good. That's a great job by your O-line, your running backs, and Lamar, obviously, he's basically... He's not a running back because I don't want to sound like Bill Polian. But he when he runs the football, he's been really, really good. So I, I like this Baltimore team. Carolina doesn't have a lot left in the tank, if we're just being honest. We move forward to the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Indianapolis Colts in Indianapolis. The Philadelphia Eagles are the away favorites by seven points. Who do you got here? Yeah, this is, I, I like Philly coming off of last week against Washington. I thought, you know, obviously we saw they got some brutal calls against them. Made some really dumb mistakes, too. Like, if we're just being honest, Brandon Graham at the end on the personal foul penalty, it's 100% a penalty. Should be a penalty. Should always be a penalty. How about if you're a captain, you don't be an idiot? Um, it's just that simple. So, I think they rebound Jolan. They're a good football team. They win a lot of games on the line of scrimmage. And you know what? Their rush defense hasn't been great. They're facing Jonathan Taylor. So, what do they do? They go sign Linville, Joseph, and Indomitian Sue. So, I think they're going to be okay up front. And as long as they can stop Indy's rush, rush game, They'll be able to control this game, and and uh, I think AJ Brown bounces back this week. I really hope he does for fantasy purposes. But give me Philly. We got a big game in the New York, New Jersey area oh, this baby. weekend. The New York Jets travel up north to New England to play the Patriots. Some are calling it a culture game. If the Jets win, the culture has officially shifted. The Patriots are still favorites though with a three point five um, favorite margin. Who do you got here? Yeah. So the Jets have lost the last thirteen consecutive games to the Patriots. By the way, so. Before we start talking culture, please win one, and then maybe two, and then maybe three, and then maybe we can talk. The energy's different. Um, but, well, and it's going to be obnoxious, Jolan. It's not every Jet fan we know, but every half of them are going to be like, see? I like you. See, this is why Belichick isn't a great coach, all this other crap. Like, Gang green up, man. It's, it's not necessary. Uh, we know a lot of good Jet fans that will just be like, hey, like this is a great win. I've called it the biggest Jets regular season game in 10 years. 
Easily. I called, it, 20. I called it that a couple years ago. 20. You were talking um, about first place in the division before Thanksgiving. You have a chance to get at Belichick. This is a big game for Gang Green. Make no mistake about it. I don't really think it's a chance to get at Belichick. I mean... To drop him down to last place. The guy, own, the guy owns your franchise. Losing one game, I don't think it's going to hurt him that much. Um, but yeah, it is, it is it is vastly important for this team. It was three weeks ago, or two weeks ago, when the Patriots came down to MetLife Stadium and silenced a sold-out crowd. You know, and again, it's I find it hard, Jolan, to pick the Jets when they're going up to Foxborough. They've had the last 13 straight against them. You don't know what you're getting coming it's out of a bye. Yeah, the ball always seems to bounce funky up there. I I don't know. I'll, I'll take the pass this week. Boo. Thanks. Boo. We move forward to a snoozer. The Washington Commanders take on the Houston Texans in Houston. The Commanders are favored to win by three points. Taylor Heineke officially named the starter, even though Carson Wentz is healthy. Who do we got? Yeah, I'm banking on Jerry Hughes to get after him on Sunday. It's a divisional opponent, Jolan. Uh, so I'm rooting against him. So I'll take uh, I'll take Houston. That that rush defense, Joel, or that rush game, is ridiculous. With Damian Pierce, he he is a tough back, and they do a great job getting him getting him where he needs to go. Do not, my friends, sleep on the Commanders up front. Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat, they're not adding Chase Young this week. They have until Wednesday to activate him until he's shut down for the season. But the D line is solid. I don't. I think they can handle the Texans. Yeah, but the Giants had a solid defensive line too, and he still found creases in the defense and. We're good runners, do of course. You know, again, I think we'll, we'll see how long this Tyler Heineke magic can carry him. I like Ron I, I Rivera know. leading the helm. I see, see the culture change over there, obviously, in the past couple of years. So Yeah, well, you're going to see the culture change at the top, too, here in a few weeks, but that's beside the point. You might get federally indicted, too. But <laughs> yeah. we, we move forward to the Los Angeles Rams taking on the New Orleans Saints in NOLA. The Saints are home favorites by two and a half points. Matthew Stafford is playing. He's coming back from a concussion. Cooper Cup is not playing. He goes to the IR for four weeks. Yeah, Who's so which stinks. He's my best player in fantasy, and he's now out for four weeks. Thanks, pal. Hold on um, to the playoffs, maybe. Yeah, appreciate it. Um, but uh, no, I, th- for that reason, I like I like the Saints here. Um, I need Ben Skoranek to kind of go off. He's my starter now, unfortunately. But uh, I hope it's like a twelve man league. Yeah. <laughs> It is a 12-man league, actually. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. All right. And yeah, all right. So I, I'm scraping the barrel here, Jules. I mean, it's trying for Christian Watson, but my waiver wire selection is way too far down. Uh, but nonetheless, we'll go back to real football. I like the Saints here. I think this defense could just kind of get after it. Um, but we'll see if they have an answer for Aaron Donald. It's not like the Saints' offense is world beaters over here. Um, but I think maybe they get they get the ball to Alvin Kamara just you know enough times uh, in order to win this game. I, I really don't know. Both of these teams kind of stink. And uh, neither one's really fun to watch, but, you know, I think in the Dome, somebody's got to win it, right? So I'll take the home team. We bring it home to New Jersey MetLife. The Detroit Lions take on the New York Giants. The Giants are three-point home favorites. That line's actually shrunken a little bit. We were six-point favorites earlier in the week. Who do you got here? Yeah, by the way, like, just heads up to Vegas. We are still not good enough of a football team to be six-point favorites. Like, Back-to-back favorites now, too. We, we are down. like we, we are still not good enough of a football team to be that big of a favorite. Joel, on this is a classic game of the Giants want to get to Thanksgiving, uh, but they need to pile up wins. And I think the organization knows, Brian Dable knows, the players know, they're not good enough to overlook anybody in this league. No, they're not, commanders not, twice, not anywhere Eagles close. twice. Uh, Cowboys again. We got games. We got to go to Minnesota. Like that schedule gets absolutely brutal uh, down the stretch. So you have to stack wins now. Uh, they're you know if we got any baseball fans, their magic number is two, 
If the Giants get the nine wins, they're going to be in the postseason. If they get to ten, they're guaranteed. Um, and, and yeah, so they got it. They got to get a win. So on, it's a high-powered offense. Jared Goff is not the best quarterback outdoors. They score um, a lot of points though. They score a lot of points in domes. So Fair enough. you know, outdoors could be seventy mile per hour winds. Can the Giants stop their rush game? True, DeAndre Jamal. Swift, Jamal Williams. If they can stop that, Jolan, I like my chances. If you turn golf into a forty-five attempt passer, I like my chances. And you know, I think this Giant team understand. You know, what's the kids' term? Understand the assignment. I think the Giants understand the assignment tomorrow and get the dub. And I think people around Vegas, around New York, especially, think this might be a trap game where the Giants might. Lose big. I think this is a, where we turn the tide. We win one big. I think the Giants have a really good run game. We've been good up front. Shane LeMayu now is starting, He's I believe. Back. Yep. He's back and starting. And Detroit really can't just stop the run. So I think Saquon's in for a big day. I think the Giants might be in for a big it's day. It's crazy. I've heard it on every show, television and radio this week. It can't be a trap game if everybody and their mother's calling it a trap game. That's very it, true, like, too. It can't be a trap. That's tra- very true, the too. The whole idea of a trap game is that nobody's paying attention to it and they're just writing you in. It can't be a trap game if everybody's screaming from the from the rooftops. It's a trap game. Giants got to go take care of business, and I think they do. I think the Giants win big. Justin Fields and the Red Hot Chicago Bears travel to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. The Falcons are still three-point home favorites. Who do we got here? Uh, I'll take Chicago just because I want to see this kid be successful. I think he's been really good the last couple weeks. Great for fantasy. Uh, with his legs, great for fantasy, but also great for him. Yeah. Uh, he's done 100%. a great job rushing the football as much as he has. You know, he isn't, he's not, you know, he's not stacking up 400-yard passing days, but he's doing what he needs to do, and, and he's playing smarter. How, I think that's a huge thing. How about the Bears taking on the Ravens' philosophy of run the ball a lot, two running backs, and work your tight ends, tight ends in. Cole Komet has been awesome. Do you think that's the offense they have to continue with moving forward? Yes, and I need to stick with Cole Komet and not get peer pressured into dropping him in fantasy in week nope. three um, because I did draft him for a reason, and then he didn't do anything. Late bloomer. Now, now, he's, now he's a late bloomer. So I do regret that one, but, uh, yes, I do like their philosophy, Jolan, because it simplifies the game for a young quarterback, and I think that's anytime you can do that, life gets pretty easy. We move forward to Detroit where the Cleveland Browns take on the Buffalo Bills, and if you're asking why that's happening, um, Buffalo has recently had a snowstorm with six feet, making their game uh, moved to Detroit. They will play two games in Detroit um, tomorrow and then Thursday this week. Um, obviously, they play the Lions on Thursday Night Football. So it's been a wild week in the NFL for that game specifically. Now in Detroit, Cleveland takes on the Bills, and the Bills are still favored by seven and a half points. A lot to break down here. Yeah. What do we got? So first of all, the NFL is dumber than bricks. Um, they did not move this game, Jolan, until Thursday at 5 p.m. The snow was starting Thursday at 7 p.m. Now, this snowstorm didn't come out of nowhere. We've known this for a week, that there was going to be six feet. Why would you not have the team get out? Right? I think it would be much different if you evacuated the team to get them then back in if it didn't snow hard enough, rather than have it snow hard enough, announce it late, and just now, Joel, on a Saturday afternoon, they're trying to fly out of Buffalo. They've got neighbors are helping shovel out people's trucks. City-friendly neighbors. It's it, Right. And Bill's Mafia is awesome. They shouldn't have to do that. This should have been thought of beforehand. Or this should be for you know a guy like Deion Dawkins, who's an offensive tackle. These people should be doing it for his family so that his wife can go and do things. I, I just I, they, they really fumbled the bag on that. 
Who do we be taking? Bills minus seven uh, against the Browns. Minus, I, they have struggled, man. They have struggled these last few weeks. Uh, really difficult to kind of predict. Browns but, are good. Uh, Browns, Browns are good. well, they're they're uh, they're what, Jules? Two weeks away from Watson returning. From Watson returning. Hydro massage therapist. Oh boy. Um, I I I will take. So I'll take the Bills. Here we go. I, I'll take the Bills. Mafia. We move on to Denver where the Las Vegas Raiders and Derek Carr take on the Broncos. I don't want to get too much into Raiders because Wednesday in a couple of days uh, we'll have Molt on. We'll talk Raiders. But the spread is two and a half. Russell Wilson and the boys are favorite at home. I can't. I, so hard. I, I You know, and we're, well, obviously we're going to talk a lot to Molt about uh, the issues with this team. Like who do you pick here? Broncos like, country. Let's ride. I'll, That's who you I'll pick. take the Broncos. Yeah, you know, I guess because they're at home. Let's go with that. It's a mile high. I'll take. I'll take the Broncos. That's it. A game that might have huge playoff implications. It's weird to say it this early, but the Dallas Cowboys take on Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota. Dallas is actually favored by one and a half points. Who do we got? Let's not forget they went there with Cooper Rush last year and won the game. So. I'm guessing that's why they're probably favored. New team um, this year. You know, again, listen, they're favored, Jolan, but I'll take Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota has done a great job at winning close games. And, you know, he, they have created some magic this year. And, again, Trayvon Diggs is going to have to guard Justin Jefferson, which last week, two bills, it didn't matter. You, you know, could, you it, could intercept the ball, he'd take it out of your hands. Man. Which he literally did. Um, so, Justin Jefferson's a beast. Let's not forget Adam Thielen. Uh, I know we do because they've I got, don't. He's on my fantasy. They've team. got so many weapons between Jefferson and now Hawkinson, a tight end, and Dalvin Cook. Um, this could be a Thielen game. It could be. You know, you just never know. Um, it could be Dalvin Cook out of the backfield, try to you know get it out of their hands quicker. Um, you you got to like your chances, and Joel, you got to like your chances if the Cowboys are going to play Micah Parsons at the linebacker level. If they line him up next to Leighton Van Der Esch and play him at a linebacker stance. You gotta like your chances. If he's up on the line and he's rushing the quarterback, you you gotta figure something else out. But uh, until they kind of figure that out with Parsons, I mean, I, Hawkinson on Parkins is a mismatch, uh, and not in a good way if you're a Dallas fan. So, you know, they they gotta figure that out this week, y'all. We'll see if they tighten it up. But I can't root for Dallas ever, so I will take Minnesota. We move on to a battle of the AFC North, where the Cincinnati Bengals take on the Pittsburgh Steelers with TJ Watt. Yep. And the Bengals are favored by three and a half points. Who do we got here? By the way, great pickup on the Steelers' defense. As we were on the pod uh, last week, they got me 12 points. <laughs> 12 points kept me in the game. Lost game by 1.38. But, uh, John, these games are impossible to pick. Like the And I mean the Bengals-Steelers games. They're Division. just ridiculous. Yeah. It doesn't They're matter who's better than who, who, which team's bringing what. They play hard. This game should be Cincinnati the whole way. Why? Because they have Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow, um, T. Higgins, T. Tyler Higgins, Boyd. Tyler Boyd, and the Steelers don't. This game's going to end up being closer than it should be. And how? Hmm. This is tough. Mm, is right. This, this is, is very this tough. This is tough. I'll take Cincinnati in a squeaker. Pittsburgh it, kicked the doors in on them this early. I they year. did. And the game got close towards the. No, that game went into overtime. Oh, it did. It, it did. almost tied. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I bounced that comeback. Yeah. I'll take I'll take Cincy, but it's going to be a tough place to play in Pittsburgh. We move on to what people are calling the game of the week, Sunday Night Football. Kansas City Chiefs take on the L.A. Chargers. Chargers are bringing back Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Kansas City Chiefs have lost, I believe, Juju for the week and have sent McCole Hardman to the IR for four weeks minimum he will miss. 
Who do we got here? Chiefs are still 5.5 favorites. You know what that means, right? Kadarius Tony. It's Tony time. Yeah. It's Tony time. Um, This this smells... I don't know, Joel's. I can't really bet against against Kansas City right now. I just can't. I can. Mike Williams, bolt up. They they do so much. Yeah, but we saw them healthy in week two. And they couldn't win that game. So... Mike Williams put up 21 after a dud first week. That's great. But they didn't win the football game. So... I'll take the Kansas City Chiefs in this Fair one. Enough. They just find ways to win, Jules. They find ways to win. They find ways to get. They'll get Tony. Uh, they'll get some guy named Joe Smith the tenth on the Kelsey field. Is about Travis Kelsey fifteen hundred looks this week. Well, yeah, the Chargers don't have great linebackers, and he's so going to melt them all. And they have yep. good cornerbacks, so I think in the, the middle is going to be scorched. Yep, hundred percent. So I'll take the Chiefs, and uh, I like them to win this game. Move on to Monday night, eight fifteen window. The San Francisco 49ers are traveling to Arizona to take on. I believe it's Colt McCoy in the Arizona Cardinals because Kyler Murray is hurt. San Francisco is the favorite by eight and a half points. What do we got? Charles, I want you to check the notes on this game because I think they're playing in Mexico. It, they are it, in this Mexico. This is the Mexico they are game, in Mexico, right? Mexico, yeah. Yep. So this is, this is always funny. You know, they, anytime they go overseas anywhere, right? They went to Germany uh, for Seahawks, Buccaneers. They go to London all the time. And then they've gone to Mexico a couple times. I believe this is our third time in Mexico. I believe our so. Fourth, fifth time in London. Our first time in Germany. Yeah. So there you go. There's the there's the unofficial official stats for you. I'll take San Francisco on. I think this team is going to start to get clicking here. Um, there's big controversy this week with Trent Williams and is he tipping off the plays in his stance and you know again he you, is. The guy, some film. He is. The guy yeah. is still the best left tackle in football. So he can tell you what he's doing. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and it doesn't matter. You can look at his grades all you want, and it still just doesn't matter. Um. And the other thing, too, John, if he tells you it's a run, so what? Have you seen Kyle Shanahan's run game? Good luck. Like, <laughs> like, right? like hey, hey, it's a run. It's a run, guys. It's a run 75% of the time. You okay. can't stop it. Where? Where? Is it a Debo jet sweep? Like, is a counter coming back at you? Like, it doesn't really help you much, um, as much as people on Twitter have made of. So, But I'll take San Fran, John. I think this is a team that's going to start rolling to the playoffs um, and kind of get hot here maybe down the stretch and – and find their way into uh, into maybe the probably either one of the top two wild card spots um, come playoff time, and I think they're going to be dangerous. And that basically wraps up the NFL. I mean, there are a couple stories coming out here. We have the Odell sweepstakes, obviously. The Bills snowstorm we already got into, but there's some uh, story about the turf. What's going on there? Yeah. By the way, Odell's got to be a giant. It's it's time. Um, uh, MetLife has agreed that they are going to change their turf uh, to artificial grass as of uh, starting next year. And it's about time. Jolan, it's I, I made this comparison to a warehouse worker. The guys in the corporate suits are going to tell you life is good. And when you talk to the people, they're like, I hate my life. Um, why, are we, why haven't we listened to the players ever about this? They're the guys playing on it. They're the guys getting hurt on it. They're the guys losing a full year's salary to a torn ACL. It's novelty. It's had its time. It came and went. It's time. It's done. And Arizona does it. They, like, wheel in their own grass field. It's kind of cool, actually. And again, yeah, is it going to pay a little bit more in maintenance? Sure, but it's not being cheap. You guys make twenty billion dollars a year, you know. A maintenance crew deserves a couple hundred dollars of that. Figure it out. Figure it out, Joel. Hundred percent, I agree. Um, But that's going to pretty much do it for the NFL. Uh, Like we said, Maltler coming in for episode seventy-three. We'll talk all about Thanksgivings. Big Uh, episode Wednesday. Yeah, what what happens at the Bioqua Thanksgiving? What happens at the Goose Thanksgiving? uh, So on and so forth. Uh, you can find me on Twitter or on Instagram at Goose on the Mic. Joel's, where might the people be able to find you and/or the podcast? You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Good Old Joel's. You can follow our Twitter at 
I believe it's podcast aired out and our Instagram at aired Any questions, comments, concerns, or compliments, feel free to reach us out on those. And yeah, Mulder Wednesday, Thanksgiving episode Wednesday, Thanksgiving football this week. Giants playing on the first time and feels like forever, at least in my lifetime. And they're good and we're relevant on Thanksgiving. I thought we'd be like three and seven going into this game and get mauled. But we're not. I bet you it's going to make the food taste a little bit better. But, Joel, that's going to do it for Episode 72 here on the podcast. Always a blast with you, brother. Um, So, for Episode 72, for Week, what is it, 11 coming up in the NFL? 11. uh, And for the week before Thanksgiving. Put in the books.